0: And Lysanias was tetrach of Abilene, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God, came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight and the rough road smooth and all flesh will see the salvation of God.
1: There are certainly some ways in which this doesn't sound like a fairy tale. Look at verses 1 and 2. You ever had a fairy tale start off this way?
2: <laughs> once upon a
1: dog. Yeah. This is so clearly tied to the history, historical context you know I mean wow you've defined this by the mention of a Caesar Roman governor, three tetrarchs a handful of priests and whatever you know 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar if that's dated from Augustus's death this is probably 28, 29 if it was dated from his co-regency with Augustus which seems less likely it might be about 26 probably 28-ish here um, and uh, what about the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas? How many high priests mm-hmm. were there at any given time? It's supposed to be one. Supposed to be one, but the Romans played football with the high priesthood. So Annas was kind of the rightful one. Caiaphas was the current one. You know anybody know how Caiaphas was related to Annas?
2: Father.
1: Yeah, Annas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Annas had not only him, but five sons that also were high priests at one time or another so annas is almost like the high priest emeritus you know it's kind of like the godfather of the high priests here and uh so but anyhow it's, it's it's that in all that context the word of the god came to john in the wilderness so clearly luke intends it to be serious history and what does john preach Of repentance. for the forgiveness of sins you know our baptism is really a baptism of repentance in many ways as well you know the baptism that that is focused on making the decision to change our life we die to sin, we're buried in baptism we rise to walk a newness of life that is a baptism of repentance and um, you know he was a man who cared enough to confront you don't preach repentance without confrontation now the whole point of John doing that was to be able to do what make ready the way of the
0: Lord Yes,
1: make the way of the Lord ready make his path straight and what was he really making ready He was building a new state. He was not. Right. He was making what ready? The people, the, the hearts. The people, that's exactly right. He's getting them to change their heart to be ready to receive Jesus. It's like a courier that's sent out to kind of, you know, get everything in readiness for the coming of this great dignitary. The Lord was coming in the person of Jesus. And, uh people, the landscape of people's hearts needed to be radically altered so that all flesh will see the salvation of God. Notice the emphasis on salvation and all flesh. God, God, this salvation is not just going to be a Jewish blessing. God intends for all to have access to salvation in Jesus. Thoughts and comments? With all the date things, when did
0: the date, like when did they switch from B.C. to A.D. because it wasn't actually when
1: Jesus was born? No, it wasn't. They didn't oh. know that Jesus oh. was born and that was going to switch the date thing. You know, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> that that would have <laughs> been wild. <laughs> 600s, I think?
0: Six, six or 800s, something like that. 600. There was a monk somewhere who said, hey... And instead of instead of
1: uh, <laughs> from the date of the founding Rome, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: That's asking. That was based
1: on? Yeah. So, but but right. so from the instead yeah. of that to start dating it based upon the birth of Jesus only got off a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: and instead of saying you know the the fifth year of the reign of Henry the Fourth or whatever, <laughs> they didn't they, call it. They always did it relative to, to some the some the
1: foundation of Rome. I think was what mm-hmm. was current at that.
0: Well, time. I mean, before they like what did they call it? Like in this time, they would have said, you know. The certain year of the Caesar, yeah. Caesar or of yeah.
1: the. Or, or of the founding found of Rome, if you wanted to more. And
2: before problem. that, and the people there would have been another right. dating and it's system. Always that's based
0: great. on when was Rome founded, counting up from zero.
2: Um, <laughs> so. Whoa, well, I don't remember.
0: So the, per- the monks just got off on <laughs> when Jesus yeah. was born, and yeah. that's why he was born in 6 yeah. BC or something yeah. weird? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so the guy missed a couple. Kings or emperors or something. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, you, you you have the examples of that in the, in the Old Testament books. The kings of of two nations talking to each other. And it was in the sixth year of so-and-so and in the twelfth year of so so they dated their, you know, inter- international commerce probably wasn't very... <laughs> in the sixth year of Hezekiah, which
0: was the fourth <clears throat> year of <throat> whoever.
2: Yeah, so you have, I mean...
1: W- once Rome took over, things were more systematized by Rome the Roman Empire. But yes, you're right. I mean, you had uh, various dating things. And then you have even more complications <laughs> because you have accession year and non-accession year dating methods. And you have the calendars starting at different times in different places. you got quite a headache when you're trying to synchronize uh, all of that historically.
0: And, and calendars that don't have the appropriate number... Years that don't have the appropriate number of days. Yeah. The, what was it? The year 44 that had 444 days because Julius Caesar decided we're going to get the solar and lunar calendar synced back up, and to do that, we need to add another 80 some odd days. That's, the I- that's good
1: information for me. It was called like the that. year
0: of confusion, whatever year it was. <laughs> it was just. Yeah. So. Then it got off again. 1 does Okay. I was
2: doing yeah. <laughs> Why does another monk
0: like come back and fix the calculation well, error? Well, because
1: I mean, the truth is, none of us really knows when Jesus was born. Anyway, how are we going to fix it? And once it gets established, it's just not.
0: Working. But how is the monk special enough to establish it? I
1: don't know. Don't ask me.
2: Which also, you know, when you really think about that, people that get. All upset about the year 2000, or you know, like something like that, something special. It's just a random number pulled out of the air, right? You're right. Pretty much. It's yeah. like, oh, well, that's that's something you know, really special about that.
0: The millennium is not exactly the millennium, right? You know, right? Yeah, so all except that for computers, but that's another story.
2: So, back to this making ready the way what. Was that necessary? What did it do? What would have happened if he didn't? And wouldn't that have been a good thing all along? Well, I mean, I
1: think he is getting people prepared spiritually and with their focus for Jesus to come. So I think he is paving the way, and there's probably more people who listen to Jesus more quickly and with a more humble heart because of John's work. Um, And that's the way God wanted. He wanted there to be a forerunner. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, we would do that for like a visiting dignitary. You know, you got to send, you know, entourage ahead to get everything ready, you know, get the carriage ready or the ride and the hotel and the, you know, whatever. Um I mean we even do that if a great singer is gonna be on stage, you got the warm up bands and you know things like that. So I mean it's
2: kinda like <laughs> it,
1: it, the, before the Lord appears, you know, there's gonna be somebody getting things ready for his coming.
2: So it's just somewhat announcing that uh, he is here, he is coming, because he was also, you know teaching the same thing that Jesus began teaching. Right, and of course what he's teaching is what they should have been doing all along it's not like something new it's like oh hey now we're going to start being good people because Jesus is coming the new
1: thing is Jesus is on the way but but yes the repentance is really just turning them back to what they should have been doing I think that's exactly what he says
2: and I've always wondered too because it doesn't appear that John reached everyone so but he was in the area obviously where Jesus began so
1: I mean, I would assume, many, of, some of Jesus' disciples were John's disciples previously. I'm assuming that he had a positive impact on their already being more spiritually prepared for Jesus to come.
0: I've always appreciated John's focus on what he was supposed to be doing. You have that account in John 3 where his disciples come and say, hey, all those people are going to Jesus. Like, are you upset about that? And he says, no, that's what I want. You must increase, but I must decrease. Like, I just always appreciate his humility. Like... I think it would have been tempting when you get all these crowds together that you know he would get really into that, but he wanted people to go to Jesus.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, because you know, we we covered that personal status and following and yeah, he was very much single minded on glorifying Jesus and, and getting people ready to be attached to Jesus.
2: You're late. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Mm-hmm. Christmas card. <laughs> Special delivery.
0: Good. Um, I was going to say, going back to all of the dates there in, in the first couple verses, it's one of the th- hallmarks of Luke's gospel and Acts. That he does tie things back to secular history. He really does, and it it's another proof of the reliability of it. Because if you were to go look in secular history and find out that Pontius Pilate was never governor during the reign of Tiberius Caesar, you would really have to start to <laughs> doubt whether this guy Luke <clears throat> the was talking about. Right. And all of every one of those names and places and titles would just embeds the story more deeply into reality, uh, which I think is... He did historical
1: research. I mean, that's what he said he did to begin with, and yeah, he did. So he's writing as a responsible historian, you know, trying to give us the story of Jesus in a clear way. All right. How about seven to nine? Then he said to the multitudes and
0: came out to be baptized by him road of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves we have Abraham as our father for I say to you that Uh God is able to rise up children of Abraham from these stones and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees therefore every good tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire
1: okay so, there's really <coughs> no substitute for <coughs> repentance. And you see that here, and people try to substitute other things for that. So, as he was began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, there were some people who thought just going through the act of baptism would do it. Well, does just getting dunked make a viper into a uh you know rose petal or something you know i mean they're trying to escape the flames without trying to change their lives and baptism isn't magic and and John is not mincing any words you know you've got snakes and there's the you know, coming to being baptized isn't going to change you, you know trying to pass yourself off as virtuous and uh, you're not going to remedy your nature by just dipping in the jordan and, and people need to realize that because that's what some people do. I'll just get I'll get baptized and everything will be great. Well, no. I mean, sometimes what we almost teach, you know, well, I got I got I got get people to be baptized. Well, yes, but no, because if we haven't died to sin and committing ourselves to the Lord, it's a false sense of security to think I got baptized now I'm good. You know, so I mean, John's baptizing plenty of people. He believes that you need to be baptized, but only when you're really ready to repent. not as a substitute for repentance. And then, you know, just saying we're repenting isn't enough. He says, therefore, bear, for, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. You know, I mean, you're going to have to actually show it by your actions that an interchange really occurred. You show your repentance really means something Um, you know he says the axe is laid at the root of the trees you understand that image what does it mean the axe is laid at the root of the trees why would you lay an axe at the root of a tree you would cut it down yeah do we have a word for that where you'd kind of put the axe at the tree and then haul back and chop it yeah. Aiming? <laughs> <laughs> not,
0: I mean, notching the tree,
1: but. Yeah. But, 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 you know, but wouldn't we normally do, would you do that when you were cutting down a tree, Chris? Would you, would you put the axe to the tree and then pull it back and hit it? Mm
0: hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's almost always the way that would be done, right? It helps you with the aim. Mm hmm. Yeah. Would you all do that too? I, I think that would be <laughs> normal, right? I cut down a
0: right?
1: <laughs> I don't know much about cutting down anything, but. But so so if the axe is at the root, you know, you've got this axe at the base of the tree, the point is, it's about ready to get chopped. That's the point. And, and, and so and unless they're willing to actually do more than say they repent and actually demonstrate repentance in concrete ways, they're going to be cut down. So baptism doesn't substitute repentance. Saying we're repenting doesn't substitute re- for repentance. And their lineage doesn't. He said, Don't say we got Abraham as our father. You know, there's a false trust in the fact that well, Abraham's our father. And, you know, that's not good enough. He said, You can re- be replaced by stones. I can raise up from these stones, children of Abraham. That's no big trick. Um, so, you know, you can't, you can't just try to claim your pedigree as somehow guarantee you salvation. You know, it's amazing how many times I've knocked on doors and somebody, and I'm, hey, I'm talking to folks about reading the Bible. Do y'all do much of that? Yeah, my grandfather's a preacher, or something like that. Uh well, that's nice. <laughs> but it's kind of like, well, I'm okay, you know. So the, I think, I, boy, John, he's strong, you know, very frank preacher. Thoughts and comments.
0: So there are people who are actually teaching this stuff, like. Repentance really isn't that big of a deal, or is he addressing people who are actually not repenting? Like I think person? he's
1: addressing people who are not repenting. I think they're they're talking big, and he's saying, You got to show this. You know, this is, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to do it. 10 to 14. <laughs>
0: And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and he who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized. They said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force, or accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages.
1: Now do you see what John's doing right here?
2: practical application. <laughs> what does repentance really mean?
1: You know, it's easy to say we're repenting, but think about what about what about me? What about me? So when the people said, the crowd said, what do we do? He said, share what you got with your neighbor. You know, if you got enough to eat, share with the hungry guy. The tax collectors say, What shall we do? He say, you know, you need to be honest and fair which was not Particularly common. Someone has said that an act an an honest tax collector was in principle a starving tax collector. You know. So but that's what he says to be. Well the soldier said. He said, you know, don't extort money by force, don't blackmail anybody, be content with what you've got. You know, so don't shake anybody down and be happy that the Lord has given you what you've gotten. But but the point (coughs) is, for every group, repentance means changing something in their life. You know, what would Jesus say to you? You know, what would repentance mean in your life? What are we doing wrong? You know, and and we can't just keep going the way we're going when we're doing wrong. And so, you know, it's helpful when somebody comes to to want to be baptized. To actually talk with them. Okay, what is that going to change in your life? You know, what will repentance mean for you in your own situation? You know, I mean, maybe I'm not quitting drinking because I'm not drinking but maybe I'm stopping lying because that's what I've been doing or whatever think about what are you going to change to repent and so that's what John's really trying to get them to do is stop and think about here's what this means he doesn't just preach repentance in general he preached specific repentance for specific sins that are common to these groups thoughts and comments this
2: is part of the making ready the way I think it
1: is. Yep. They're not like
0: particularly difficult or like great um, things that he told them to do. You know, like they're just kind of like in the sense of you yep. know what I mean. Like they're good because they're good things, but they're not like really <laughs> difficult or like oh I never would have thought. Yeah, it wasn't
2: like the apostles, you know, leave everything and come follow me, and you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I preach, agree. Preach for the rest of your life and that type of thing.
0: Right? <coughs> or go build a cathedral out of bottle caps. Right. <coughs> it's been done. Okay. Like <laughs> right, tear down this mountain with your toothbrush. So,
1: and it's, so, <laughs> so, but but you know every every walk of life, every situation in life, maybe has typical temptations that are kind of stumbling blocks for them. So it's kind of zeroing <laughs> de- in on what are the typical sins in each group what would be what would be your failings you know so you're right you know but it doesn't have to be a great thing I need to straighten up whatever it is I'm following
2: why did they listen to John he preached the truth
1: <laughs> he was kind of a out there too he seems to <laughs> have kind of a
2: curiosity but it's like they <laughs> believed him huh? they, they did they <laughs> didn't what? That's gotten
1: some prophets killed. Yeah, but it got <laughs> him killed too eventually. But. What did you have to say, Seth?
0: Oh, was just to say, uh, in all three of these examples, it seems like part of what he's addressing is greed. Yes. The first one, not as much because, I mean, if you only have two tunics, the idea of giving away your spare shirt <laughs> is kind of, you know... That feels pretty radical. If you have twelve, yeah, whatever. And the others all deal with money and, and force more so. But it all seems to be like that's one of the the putting themselves before others, among other things. But the greed and
1: yeah. mm-hmm. well, and isn't that as big a problem as people have about anything? You know, looking out for ourselves and you know mm-hmm. not. Caring about other people, mm-hmm. and you, even you try to use other people for our own benefit. I mean, that's a typical. <laughs> other.
2: other thoughts.
0: He didn't tell the soldiers to stop being soldiers.
1: That's
2: right. Nor the tax collectors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Right.
0: Well, I'm like someone would there's some things in the Bible that would lead me to believe that there might be some bad things about being a soldier. I don't know. So, but then this would kind of counterbalance that because he didn't tell them to stop being a soldier. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I'm not sure how much you can go from that to say, I mean, I think the fact you didn't tell tax collectors to stop being tax collectors. Is it wrong to be a tax collector? No, I don't think so. Was it wrong to be a tax collector like most of them were? Yes, it was. I don't know that it's wrong to be a soldier. I'm not sure anybody would say it's wrong to be a soldier in principle. But there may be things soldiers typically do that be wrong. I mean, remember that being a soldier here may be nothing more than being a police protection. You know, I mean, they'd have soldiers stationed to you know, keep peace and things like that. I don't know that this necessarily is fighting a war kind of a soldier they would and
0: we're, do we know if these were Roman soldiers or Jewish, like you said, Jewish cops on the beat, or? Uh, right, and
1: probably Jewish.
0: Well, I mean, we know later that there were some Romans who <laughs> got the message,
1: but. Right, right, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Brazil, I mean, one of the co- converts, he's retired, but he was a mili- military policeman, you know, the police course, In Brazil, a part of it is military. I mean, he was a soldier, but he's a policeman. All right, well, I guess we can stop here. I'm not sure when we'll meet again. Obviously, next Thursday will be the year study, and I'm not sure when I'm going to see Jim so we'll see about that. You mm-hmm.